What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Georgia Show. We had a moment to react, and now we've had a moment to rest on Georgia's win over UT Martin. We'll talk about that Georgia offense that everybody's concerned about. We'll try to settle you down, and we'll highlight some of the other things we noticed from the game uh, that may be a little bit more pleasing to the eye. This is the Georgia Show. Enjoy it. This offseason, we've done uh, the same thing we did the last two years. We've tried to change it up. Better never rest. Hey everybody, I'm Wes Blankenship, Jake Rowe joining the show tonight, and Jake Rue sliding in like Chris Collinsworth. What's up everybody? We uh, had an instant reaction to Georgia's win over UT Martin, Jake Rowe and I did last night, but let's take a look at that Georgia offense. Kirby Smart spoke about Mike Bobo and Carson Beck, a little bit of a slow start, and I don't know if you want to blow it up in anything bigger than that, it's just game one, but what did y'all notice? about this offense compared to what Todd Munkin was doing last year? Didn't play well, um, which is, you know, don't know that that's all that unique when you look at the type of opponent. Um, you know, I went back and looked, and uh, um, I don't know why when I just said that I felt like I sound like Rusty because Rusty, <laughs> Rusty says that a lot, I feel like. But uh, um, I went back and looked, and did you realize that that bad first half of football was Georgia scored more points than it did in its two bad halves of football against uh, Samford and Kent State last year. Um, that, that total was 16 points. Georgia scored 17 in the first half yesterday. Um, listen, I'm, I, I'm under no delusions that I think Georgia's offense is just as good as it was last year, especially not with Lab McConkey out, especially not with uh, Dejon Edwards out, especially not in, in Carson Beck's first game. Um, did Georgia kind of wear them down a little bit and then start kind of gashing them more? Yeah. Okay. I'm with you there. Um, but I don't think that anything vanilla as far as a game plan is an excuse. I think Georgia should have played better and it didn't. And that's just kind of water under bridge. And, um, I understand folks being concerned. You know, I, I probably studied this game harder West than I have at least sooner than I have any Georgia game in a very long time. Like, I was up early this morning watching this thing again, watching it again. Uh, did our X's and O's thing today instead of the Tuesday. Probably going to try to do that all year long, get it done on Sunday. So come on over to Dogs HQ and check that out. Because um, I had concerns. You know, I was like, hey, what was wrong? And when I went back and watched it, I wasn't nearly as alarmed. I saw some, I saw some creativity. Um, I saw proof of creativity. I saw proof of building on the concepts that Todd Munkin – has has implemented at Georgia or did implement at Georgia last year. Um, and I saw a team that just didn't play all that great. Not really focused, a lot of mistakes, uh, missed blocks. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about. Like, let's say that play before the half. I don't know whose call that was or what went wrong there. What I do know is it just didn't work. And you coach off of it, you teach off of it, you learn from it, and you move forward. And I think you got to have confidence that you've got a head coach that knows how to do that. How much, uh, how much do you attribute Jake to, uh, just first game? I mean, uh, you know, that's, which is, which is, I mean, it's a real thing, whether or not people want to accept that the machine Georgia is right. I mean, there are transitions, there are new guys coming into these uh, spots. How much of this is just, it's 
what it is. It's it's the first game of a brand new season and new people and knocking rust off for some of the old faces and breaking in some of the new guys too. Well, I mean, that's hard, you know, because they looked so good last year in that first game. How much of that was how much of that was Oregon playing like crap? You know, like, you know, yeah. you look back on that. I mean, Georgia's – listen, Georgia has nothing to defend itself from last year, okay? It went 15-0 and 0 and won a national championship. So, nobody can – you know, can't – you know, can't nobody tell Georgia nothing from last year. Um, but, you know, did Oregon just kind of play crappy and Georgia played well? I, I think that was the main thing is Georgia played well last year. And, and listen, you had – you had a lot of guys, a lot of experience coming back at key positions. And and yesterday, I feel like Georgia had a lot of inexperience back at key positions. Inexperience at left tackle, inexperience at quarterback, inexperience at two wideout positions, especially in this offense. Um, inexperience a little bit at tailback. You know, a, a tailback in Kendall Milton that Kirby Smart estimated was going at 90%. Um, you know, I mean, your first play of the season is to Makai Muse, who had a really good game, but – I mean, who drew that one up, right? Who who thought who had that one in their in, in the back of their mind? So I, I think ultimately they're ready. They're they're just they just didn't play well, and they tended not to play well in games like this last year. And you know, but when that time came last year, when they played poorly against Sanford last year, you had the Oregon game to fall back on, and when they played poorly against Kent State. You had the Oregon and Kent State game. I mean, I'm sorry, you had the Oregon and South Carolina games to fall back on. You don't really have that this year. So I think the unknown is what's bothering a lot of people. So this may be an oversimplification, but last season, Kirby's remarks, SEC media days, we won't be hunted. And they go out and dominate Oregon, and they lived up to that mantra. Now this year is better never rest. And from what we heard about camp and how grueling it was and – how much leadership and connection this team has and how athletic they are. Part of me wondered, did they rest a little bit in that first half after such a tough fall camp? And then in the second half, they showed what they were capable of and started to step on the gas a little bit. I think it could be a factor here where it's UT Martin, maybe not as much ramp up to play. Uh, and we did see Georgia's offense not look as great in those overmatched opponents last year. But if we know anything about Kirby and what he said, he's not going to rest until Georgia can figure out how to make it look even better. Because he was visibly upset, and even in his post-game remarks, he said the same thing. He wanted to see more competition out of his guys to start this one. Yeah, I, I don't think it's about rest, personally. I, you know, if anything, I, could, I would say that Carson Beck felt to me like he was not resting very well at all. He didn't seem very comfortable uh, nope. in the beginning of it. I, I think that, you know, you there were a couple of check downs, probably not as many as people remember. Jake went and broke those plays down over at uh, the message board at Dogs HQ. So go check that out. But uh, it was as many as people remember. He missed a couple of throws long. But I think that there probably were some nerves from him. And so, if, you know, if that's the mantra this year, you know, uh, yeah, he wasn't resting, but I don't know that that was to his benefit in this instance. I, it may have been a little anxiety driven for him and it felt like it got a little bit better, you know, as things progressed. And that's what you want to see. Carson Beck, you probably weren't going to get the full picture in game one, but I think it was going to be a process all along. And I, I, I at least kind of expected that. I don't know that I expected it to maybe feel as, uh, I did feel that it was pedestrian at sometimes against UT Martin. Um, but I think that 
that's probably just a byproduct. Like I said earlier, that's why I asked you, Jake, because to me it felt like it was some of those early season jitters. It was like new guys kind of getting their feet under them and and doing it against somebody that's not their own teammates. You know, here's one thing I point to is if Carson Beck was going to have one of those kind of squeezing the life out of the football type games and maybe look a little bit nervous and timid with the ball, this was the one to do it because the next, you know, Mike Bobo can show him that film and he can say, Hey man, listen, do you see when you came into this TCU game last year? See when you came in the South Carolina game last year and some of these other games where he played really well, watch how you played football in those games and watch how you played football in this one early when you were kind of timid and nervous and tight with the football, um, you were a different player. And now I need you to go out there and show me what you can play like whenever you kind of cut it loose a little bit. And the funny thing is, is it was mentioned in the broadcast. Like Aaron Murray said it in the broadcast. It's one of the reasons I've, I've gotten to where I really do like going back because they do get some access, you know, that we don't get. And Aaron Murray said that Mike Bo, you know, in talking to Mike Bobo, and if Bobo is going to come off some info, he'll come off of it to the best quarterback he probably ever coached at the college level. Um, he said, you know, hey, listen, I just I don't want him to go out there and try to be perfect. I want him to go out there and, you know, turn it loose and have fun. Well, he didn't do that yesterday until later on. And I do think he did that. And again, I, I know that Georgia probably had worn, um, you know, uh, worn uh, UT Martin out a little bit, but. I don't know. I, I think that Carson Beck can get better with just a few mental adjustments. I don't think it's going to take wholesale changes and all this stuff. But somebody brought it up a minute ago. I, too, thought Carson Beck looked pretty good in the pocket. Now, did he want to sling it downfield, and, and, and did he air it out, and did he was he accurate as you would want him to be with some of those deeper throws? No. Um, you know, and that's stuff that I think he can fix. But in terms of, you know, being scared, being worried when he got a little pressure, not at all. I mean, I see he got a pressure a couple, two or three times. He, he reacted to it extremely well. Um, you know, he's going to face better pressure than that down the road. But I thought he did some good things, and, and, I, and I thought he did some things that folks should kind of have still have questions about. But I go back to the, to the story I wrote whenever Carson Beck was named the starter, guys. Stetson Bennett – if, if, if you'll all look in the mirror and, and, and think about how you used to talk about Stetson Bennett, okay? All right? Don't, don't be hypocrites on me here. But if you all look in the mirror, Stetson Bennett didn't always have the it factor either. Like, you know, there was a time where every big game Stetson played in, he didn't play that great. Stetson, Stetson Bennett, in the eyes of many people, didn't have the it factor after he won the national championship. Yeah, the first yeah, the one. the first one. Yeah, that's what so I'm saying. Much so that they were angry he came back. <laughs> yeah, they were right, ready to yeah. turn the page to Carson back already. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. I, I can't, like, I mean, I love every one of you. Like, we wouldn't have jobs and we wouldn't have be able to have fun doing what we do if we didn't have fans to interact with. But Jesus Christ, folks, look in the mirror here. Let's get let's get this right for once. I, I said like, the off season. The off season is a cruel mistress to the mind, man. It is it a. Is, it is man. A, you forget. You forget what happened, dude. And the funny and thing is, is I do want love. people to understand. I, I, I want you guys to understand. I would love to, you know, hold a hold a meet and greet over at over at All Good. All right, as long as my drinks get paid for, I don't know if I can pay for my tab all day long. Um, You're gonna have to buy my tab. I, we can start at noon, and okay. I will go till two in the morning with every one of you in various states of sober sobriety. Okay. And we will talk about this till the end of the day, and I'll have a blast doing it, okay? Like, I'm not – I don't have any ill will towards anybody that wants to talk about this. 
But this whole idea that that dad gum Stetson Bennett had the it factor. Now I'm telling you, no, he didn't. You, you don't, don't, don't tell me you believed it all the whole time either. Like I was, I was one of Stetson's biggest defenders, biggest defenders, but I had to acknowledge the fact that he didn't play well in big games for a little while. It took, he grew into that. And it wasn't until the second half of that Alabama game that he bounced back from adversity and show people, all right, I got this. And he proved something to himself because he came back and he won the next 15 straight games and, and played and was a badass in the process. But you're going to, based on how y'all treated Stetson, give Carson Beck a t- just a day or two, you know, just a game or two to try and figure some stuff out. Let's don't judge him too bad. If you're going to throw anything out, throw it at Mike Mopo. I know plenty of you are doing that already. He makes a million dollars a year. Give him all the flag. Yeah, he can take it. But if, if you're seeing these same things against South Carolina – that's a legitimate gripe, right? In my opinion, if, if you're seeing some well, of the it same depends stuff, on how much of them you're seeing, you know, if you see a few, no, of them, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. I agree. It, it, it's it's the it's the degree. If you ask Carson Beck, I, I guarantee you, probably he would pull back, you know, several of the, the misses, but also probably a few of those completions for places that he could have pushed it downfield into Instead a better situation down. and and made it, it made it a more explosive play. If you're still seeing that later on down the line, then yeah, that, that's where the gripe comes. But the fact is, I mean, I went through, I ran the numbers. Georgia quarterbacks were 66% on the day, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 400 total yards passing. That's pretty, pretty damn strong. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's as efficient as it gets, man. That's really damn strong for a bad day. Yes. No question. Yeah. I mean, it's not Shadur Sanders now, but I mean, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I listen, I was really impressed with Colorado yesterday. I'm not sure Georgia didn't play a better defense. So I'm there. not sure Georgia didn't play against a better defense than the one that, that I don't <laughs> think there's any question. Um, gonna um, one thing, I, I will say that too. Like I, I, I do want to say this, like I went in, I, I did, we did um myself and Patrick Garbin from the, from UGA sports were the only two, basically beat writers that were in the um, that were in the UT Martin press conference. And they sent a couple dudes in there and they sent number nine linebacker in there. Dude, absolute, I mean, put together like a dude. It blows your mind how, how still awesome looking FCS prospects guys are. Like they are still flat out just, you know, they may not be 1%, but they're one and a half percent. I mean, they are up there. Um, but I was just impressed with how those guys went. They were legitimately disappointed. It wasn't like thanks for the thanks for the opportunity. Coach said that, but but they weren't we, like that. We said this on the board, like UT Martin. All right, say what you will. Georgia's second and third string is more talented than UT Martin. That's that's yeah, a fact. Sure. Sorry, that's true. That's true. Yes, no question. But UT Martin won its conference back to back years coming into this game. This is a program that's used to a degree of success. There are a lot easier programs you could have drawn off of the heap of the FBS than this, or uh, FCS. What I, 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 I get these backwards all the time. Whatever 1-2-A is. Uh, but yeah, now, FCS, FCS actually sounds better than FBS for it some does. reason. I agree. I agree. So, it always has. Yeah, so, yeah whatever, you know, whatever level that is. There, they, there are easier teams that you could have drawn off of that than a back-to-back conference winner. Now, listen, did I ever think Georgia was in danger of losing this game? No, not at all. Of course not. But by the same token, these guys are used to having won, and they have a high expectation for themselves. And, you know, I thought that 
they played pretty damn admirably for a, a, a school of that caliber to come in to back-to-back defending national championships in the bowl series, man. I, I thought that it was pretty impressive. And that, listen, their punter could probably play at Georgia. All right. We can <laughs> entire show on that guy. Tampering. Tampering. <laughs> That dude is, you're going to see that guy in the playoff next year. Mark it down. Right. My, man's, my, my, my man's punting for uh, for UT Martin is will be tampered with. <laughs> he's going to look like a, uh, he's going to look like a jewelry box during a burglary, buddy. He's going to have fingerprints all over him. Check the cell phone records. They're coming. 100%. I saw Walker Dog. Martin. I saw Walker um, Dog in our comments who said uh, who had said his kicker should be at SEC school next year, and I, was, I wanted to go ahead and make that point that he absolutely will be tampered with. Rusty told me that on the phone earlier today too, which was kind of funny <laughs> that that got brought up. But yeah, I mean, one thing I will say is this too. Now, I still don't think Georgia played well, and and I don't think that that you know there was the execution wasn't good, and all that goes back to coaching. Like I'm not trying to make any excuses for Mike Bobo or anybody. Like whether the game plan. Game plan shouldn't have to be opened up or creative for Georgia to move it up and down the field on UT Martin. If they execute well, they can go with their basic stuff, their vanilla stuff, get a lot of guys involved, move it up and down the field, have the game over with by halftime. Hell, I think 17 nothing was probably pretty much over with in that game. But Stacy Searles probably probably should have been 31 nothing at the half. You know, I I would say 31 nothing at the half. But the one thing I will say about UT Martin that impressed me is if if they put a shoulder on you, if they got their arms on you, they they got you on the ground at a high clip, and that shows you a good football team. I, I think they're going to be pretty good. They I don't I really don't ever think they were super competitive with Georgia. I think Georgia just made some mistakes and uh, at the wrong time. And and you know you look at some of the penalties they had and um, some of the goofiness, the the clock management issues and things like that. It's week one, get it worked out because you know long season ahead and. Um, again, I think the one thing you lean back on is there was a time 2020 and before where you would say, Hey, Kirby smart, um, probably knows a little bit more about football than you, man. And that would probably piss some people off. And I understand why he hadn't won anything yet. Well, I'm going to tell you, Kirby smart probably knows a little bit more about football than you, man. And I think you're going to be okay. I think Georgia's going to be fine. And and they're going to, if, as long as they get better as the year goes along, like they've shown they have the ability to do. Um, I think George is going to be fine. And I mean, Kirby uh, said, "Go ahead." No, go yeah, ahead, I was going to say, I was, no, I was just, gonna say just, uh, just Jason Simpson, seventeen years at UT Martin. All right, pretty impressive record uh, to stay at a place like that to to do what he's done. Um, you know, fifty six percent win percentage. The guy has hung around and and proven his metal at a place like that. Um, they weren't going to go away easily. Like you said, I mean, I was never, like I said, I wasn't concerned either. It was never that they were competitive, but um, they probably deserved a little bit more credit than they got coming into this thing. It, it wasn't the, uh, you know, sisters of the poor. They had a handful of dudes on that team that were yeah. preseason first team All-Americans in FCS. So there are no slouches. So one thing Kirby Smart did like about Carson Beck was that he didn't turn the ball over. And that was, uh, something that if you watch that game and you know what Kirby Smart likes in a quarterback, that was going to jump off the page for him. But now that we've had a moment to think about this game, let it marinate a little bit, other than Carson Beck, what are some things that stood out to you? Uh, I know, Ro, you got a chance to watch it again. Um, 
Oh, on the positive side, obviously, Makai Muse, um, you know, great for him. You know, what does that say about the Georgia walk-on program? You know, you had Dan Jackson, Cash Jones, Makai Muse, all kind of playing roles. Terrell Foster on special teams as well. Yeah. Um, Georgia does a really good job, um, you know, bringing in uh, walk-ons. Um, another another positive uh, that I saw is, you know, I, I thought that, you know, Brock Vandegrift came in and did some really good things. I saw some really clever – uh, RPO concepts from Mike Bobo, ones that directly tied back to some of the some of the effective stuff that Todd Monken did last year. It wasn't the same. It was there were adjustments made. There was there were little wrinkles applied to it. Um, on the negative side, I man, I tell you what, I, in real time, I was like, man, I think just I think UT Martin's just kind of crowding the line of scrimmage. That their safeties were playing back, but they were on their front foot and they were flying up against the run. And I'm like, okay, well. You know, what's happening here is is they're just kind of gearing up to stop the run. Uh, you know, Georgia got beat at the point of attack a few times. Now, I think I think UT Martin was probably – I think they were submarining a little bit, kind of playing underneath blocks and, and just trying to wreak havoc. I think they were just trying to muddy the waters up, up underneath there. But it was working, and Georgia didn't really have an answer for it. They weren't really getting anything going to, to kind of combat it. So I, I think that, you know, is something that you got to be concerned about a little bit. But I also remember last year, man, If we, I mean, I keep going back to it, I know, but even in the Oregon game, man, we can't run the ball. Sanford game, man, we can't run the ball. South Carolina, I'm running the ball a little bit better. You know, you know, Kent State can't run the ball. Missouri can't run the ball three quarters. And then something happened in that Missouri game. Georgia kind of found its stride as a team that could run the football. So um, I, I still think the offensive line is going to get better as the year goes on. Cedric Van Pran probably had one of his worst games yesterday as a Bulldog. I, I thought that uh, of all the guys, I, I hope that he's able to kind of look at that film and understand some of the things he struggled with. They slanted off of him a lot there in the middle, and he struggled. Um, but, you know, those two things probably – that one thing on the negative side probably stood out to me more than others. I'm not going to beat up Dominic Lovett for the drops because, you know, one of them was a guy getting a fist in there on the ball at the perfect time, and the other one was him getting sandwiched between two defenders. So I'm not going to beat him up for that. Um, but, but, you know, and then obviously on the you know, positive side, Brock Bowers. Um, you know, he's just – he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, for me it was Tyke Smith. I felt like he really – kind of uh, had a great game. Uh, I felt like he was scrapping through, just looking for contact, looked fast, and was playing well. Um, and they need that at that star position. But you you, you had Janelle Aguero in there, too, uh, working as well. And I, I thought that that was uh, great to see two guys, um, you know, kind of handling that role. And it was what you expected. But Ty Key looked like a guy who knew, you know, this could be taken away from me. So he played like that. And then for me, C.J. Smith was another guy who yeah. really had a, a, a nice coming out party. And I told people this on the board, you know, kind of consistently all day. What people may forget about C.J. Smith, you know, he dealt with some injury, but uh, coming out of high school, 10 8 in the 100 meter, you know, uh, got some size to him as well. That's a guy, you put all the pieces together there, pretty interesting player, I think, for Georgia. Brings some much-needed size to that room. I, I thought that that was really cool to see as well. Um, Roderick Robinson with a couple of flashes also took advantage of his opportunity. So, um, you know, there were, there were some downsides for sure. I mean, you don't want your secondary leading in tackles. And I think that, uh, the, the, t the three leading tacklers were your secondary guys. Um, but you know, that was, that was uh, maybe a, a function of what they were doing also. So I, you know, there was up and down to all of it. Um, like I said, if, if Beck's still doing the same things in four games, to the degree that he did against UT Martin, that's a concern. But overall, 
I thought it was a good showing for a lot of young guys. Um, you know, uh, AJ Harris played a lot of snaps behind Kamari Lasseter. Um, so he was in there early. He was, he was. And um, uh, almost damn near split it. That, that cornerback two spot, it's seemingly wide open and, and they got to rotate those guys in and out of there. So, um, you know, overall it was uh, not exactly what people wanted to see. I mean, it wasn't a fireworks show, but I think it was advantageous for Georgia to go in, get that film and come out of this one and, make adjustments next week and, and see how those numbers compare, see who fits in. And, and like I said, the snap count next week is going to be, I think, uh, a lot more to consider. Um, sorry, I was, I was muted earlier. I haven't done that in a while. Put a dollar in the mute jar. Uh, <laughs> early on in the game when, when Georgia's offense wasn't rolling, it became check down or get the ball to Brock Bowers, basically. And that's great that you can do that against UT Martin. Uh, better defenders probably – going to be able to lock that down a little bit better than that where did Makai Muse come from what is his origin story because that guy is motivated I like that uh Aaron Murray called him Mighty Mouse I think Mighty Muse could be a good nickname for the guy yeah yeah I, I do like that one. Central Gwinnett guy uh one of the Black Knights man out of well, uh, that, that played in front of a yeah. castle at his high school him oh, and Chuck yeah, you you love the castle, don't you? I mean, uh, yeah. Central Gwinnett. I covered a mini of Georgia versus Gwinnett. Uh, uh, Georgia versus Gwinnett seven on sevens over at Castle Baby. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> a stellar place to go see a game if you have it. Um, back, uh, also, back in the day when man, Todd Wofford was the head coach there. I don't know where yes. Todd's at oh. now. Not a, not a more lovable coach out there than that dude. Last I knew, Todd was at Meadow Creek. I don't know if he's still there. Um, but uh, okay. good guy, good guy for sure. Um, no, uh, but Makai Muse, man, look, Georgia, I, I've got an article coming tomorrow, which is that Makai Muse, Cash Jones, another feather in the cap, man, for this Georgia walk-on program. If yeah. you're a guy with some opportunities to go somewhere and perform, you're probably considering walking on Georgia because there's no lack of opportunity in that way either. So, um, impressive to see especially for him to deliver game one after all of the hype, you know, from, from G day and from, you know, the off season. And uh, you wanted to see all of that, man. I think it's going to embolden a lot of guys that are coming down the commit list too. Um, Jake Rowe and I talked about that a little bit earlier via text message. So check out that article tomorrow. But uh, I, I did want to get to Eddie from Ackworth saying lad, uh, uh, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint and Dejan uh, being out were factors too. Um, absolutely. There's no question about it, man. I mean, that shaped everything in a huge way. You're missing, you know, two of your top three receivers uh, and RB1, in my mind, going into this season. Um, I mean, Kendall had a nice show. Def definitely your best creator at tailback. Definitely absolutely. your best, hey, there's a guy a yard deep in the backfield. Let me make four out of this tailback. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, that shaped everything as well. And, um, you know, that was, you know, a negative and, and probably contributed to some of the negatives, but um, it was a, uh, it was a, it, it was a big factor and, you know, something they'll get corrected, I guess, uh, over the next couple of games, hopefully Jake Rowe uh, with a note on that this morning too. Something I want to circle back to with Beck though, is uh, the whole check down thing, right? Like, cause that was a big narrative over at dogs HQ is a lot of folks like, cause, and then I, I got to thinking about it and I was like, you know, I remember this little swing pass that was designed like he snapped it he turned through the swing pass or or i remember you know kind of this three-step drop you know throwing a quick out or whatever 
but I didn't I didn't really recall the the, the true checkouts. Um, so I went back and looked. There was one I believe in the second quarter was was the first one where he where he hit uh, Oscar Delp hooking up for three yards. So that was his first one. The next two came on the two minute drive were to Cash Jones. One of them was a little dump off for two yards. And then the other one was a uh, was kind of a, a drag route that Cash Jones had ran over the middle. He picked up 12 yards. And then he checked one down later in the game that didn't really look like a check down from a design standpoint. He had Brock Bowers um, lining up in the backfield. He ran a flare route. He had Oscar Delp out front. And uh, he looked downfield for a little while before he dumped it off to, to Bowers. So I counted as a check down. That was four out of 31 throws. Um, the main thing I thought was the if I had a criticism of the calling of the actual, you know, scheme, you know, this is notwithstanding the weird third down handoff where Kendall Milton got hit by two guys, um, basically the second he got the ball or the, the play ha- that happened before the half with 20 seconds left. I have no idea what happened there. I can't really put that on Mike Bobo or Kirby Smart or Carson Beck. I don't know who made that decision to do that. It looked weird to me. It looked like Kirby was trying to get him to spike it and that he was pissed off about something. It may have been Carson. I really don't know. But other than those two things, if you're talking about from a scheme standpoint, the one thing that did kind of jump off the page to me was how conservative it was to to get the ball out quick. And I think what they really felt like they could do is, hey, let me get this to this playmaker now with an easy throw and let him make a play. And uh, sometimes that happened. A lot of times it didn't happen. Sometimes they didn't make the most of it when it was there, like Dylan Bell on the second play of the game, kind of tried to dance around and make something out of something, whatever he had, probably eight or nine yards there. But, you know, all of it's kind of much ado about nothing at this point. But I, I will say that if you're out there and you think, oh, man, Carson Beck's just checking it down, he's scared to throw the ball, um, you know, yeah, there was some probably some timidity there, uh, but he, he's not checked down Carson just yet. So what, what I saw when I was watching, and I might have been watching the wrong thing, it wasn't so much – I didn't view it as Carson looked scared. It, it just seemed like he was having trouble getting some guys open. And I think that, again, missing Ladd, uh, Marcus Rosme, Jack Saint in that offense could have been a factor for sure. And Dominic Lovett looked surprisingly shaky for me in his first game. So expecting some bigger things out of him. Uh, guys, as the season goes along here, you're going to want to check out GameTime.co to get all of your Georgia football tickets, whether it's the week of, the day of, they've got them. Ball State coming up this noon kickoff on Saturday. If you're going to go out there and brave that scorcher, it's going to be 19 bucks here. But here's the deal with GameTime.co. If you're in a pinch, use the checkout code DOGS. And with the agreement we have with GameTime.co, you're going to get $20 off of your first order. So that ticket could be free. Or maybe you're uh, looking at some bigger games down the line. South Carolina, starting at 156. Say you want to splurge a little bit. You can get this one for under 200 bucks uh, right here in Section 218 if you want to sit with the people that sit there with pinkies up in the air watching the game with fine, chilled drinks. You've got all the options at GameTime.co. $20 off with the checkout code DOGS. So download the GameTime app, create your account, and use that code DOGS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create that account, redeem with code DOGS for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So Georgia had a banner list of recruiting visitors. Jake Roos, Juju Smith making an appearance. Uh, what was the headline for you coming out of this visitor list that we saw for UT Martin? 
Juju Lewis, uh, that, that just to clarify. Oh, yeah, Juju, Juju Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster is Juju already Smith in the league. Has he's already there. He, he's made it. I've he done it a time or two. He might, he might come <laughs> spend some time in Athens, though, man. I get it. It's a, it's a great weekend. No, um, some great recruiting updates over at Dogs HQ from uh, Jeremy Johnson. But, you know, the feel around these guys was kind of the same, man. It was, it was a good atmosphere for recruits to be in. That night game um, was something that really struck a chord with them. I think that that was impressive. Uh, Georgia fans showed up, showed out, as they do. And um, overall, you know, the returns were solid. I, I don't – I we've talked about this, I think, uh, maybe on this show before, but I, I've talked about it with several people. The idea that these recruits look at a game like this and kind of get, you know, uh, nervous or something of that nature just doesn't fly. It doesn't play because they play the game. They play teams like this, you know, Buford plays the UT Martins of the world at some point, uh, you know, in their own conference. So it's, they're able to look at it a lot more objectively than fans are. And so I don't think that it was anything negative for Georgia. The fact is Georgia's still undefeated uh, rolling on a long streak here. So that's what those guys take away from it. That's what's important. Um, but, you know, it was a great list out there. Dylan Riola in town. And you have to think that uh, he probably felt good about what he saw out there um, in terms of, you know, maybe I could put myself in the mix for this quarterback job. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't, you know, that's the confidence that comes with playing that position, though, right? I mean, he's a guy who's going to come in, number one quarterback in America, He's going to feel that way, certainly. Um, and like I said, you know, if you're one of these guys watching this who came into town, you're probably seeing a lot of opportunity from Georgia, um, in my mind. A lot of young guys played, which was expected, but several of them played early and often, and, and several of them played comparable snaps to, uh, you know, veteran guys or played over veteran guys in some instances. That was what was impressive to me, and that's the kind of thing I think will continue to play with these young guys moving forward. Um, Georgia has done a really good job of selling itself on the idea of best man up. And that's been true prior to the national championships and throughout the national championship runs. And that's something that a lot of guys really value and take very seriously. And Georgia put it on display once again last night. So uh, I thought that it was a, a good showing for them in front of what was a, a really good group. Uh, Zion Grady with some uh, really nice remarks to Jeremy as well. Um, a a four-star edge for next year in 2025. Um, you know, Zion Lawson, a, a guy to know moving forward. Uh, um, you're, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Zion. Um, but it's uh, you've got a number of guys out there who uh, came to this game. It was Zion Lawson. I'm sorry. I thought I'm getting Zion Grady and Zion Lawson. I thought I'd had too many Zions in the kitchen. Uh, DeMello Jones in town. Like I said, um, you know, if I'm if I'm Demelo Jones and I see AJ Harris coming in and playing the number of snaps that he did, that probably makes me feel pretty good about my prospects early on of getting to see the field, you know, in meaningful minutes. So um, it was a good showing, I think, for these guys to be there on hand for this kind of thing. Um, they're going to want to come back probably for some of the bigger name games, uh, as many of those as there are, but. Um, Georgia had a good crowd on hand, and I think they probably got to see what they needed to see. 
Colton Heinrich, the red-headed stranger. I like that nickname suggestion that you put on the Dogs HQ board, Jay Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that one too. I think that's a real nice one for him. All right, let's get to some dog stocks, wrap this thing up. Appreciate y'all joining us tonight. I know we're competing with the LSU-Florida State game. I think Jake Rowe's watching it down there too because I know the Braves aren't on. Uh, Watching a replay (laughs) of Braves. No, I'm not. Hey, stock up on the Braves, man, for sure. Uh, I'll go stock up on Brian McClendon. And I know that uh, I said Dominic Lovett had a shaky game, but when you look at the other guys, we touched on C.J. Smith, he really – was a big part of getting Georgia in its offensive rhythm there in the second half. And we've seen it for years at the running back position where freshmen come in and they make their mark. And Roger Robinson did the same thing last night. I was impressed to see him do that and uh, get the carries he did. He was a, a force back there. But to see a freshman wide receiver in game one look as confident as C.J. Smith did, uh, that was awesome. So stock up on BMAC, just one of those mini dogs assistants they're doing big things between the hedges with their boy Kirby right now. I'm going to go stock down uh, at first on uh, the passing of Jimmy Buffett. Uh, super sad. Just wanted to acknowledge that uh, on the show. Couldn't believe and that it, friggin' low life on Twitter that's trying to run his name into the ground with all this. Oh, gee, go look at my Twitter and watch the quote tweets. I swear to God, I'd, if I could get hands on that guy right now. <laughs> Listen, I'm not even Jimmy a big Buffett. Jimmy Buffett fan, but if you want to talk about a man like that within 24 hours of him dying, you deserve to be strangled. Jimmy Buffett's an American treasure. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, he, he's – anyway, Jimmy Buffett, rest in peace. Stock up, however, I will say, on what Georgia has on the back end of the secondary, which looks to be pretty solid. Malachi Starks, Javon Bullard. Uh, Tyke Smith gets in there for a lot. Janelle Aguero's playing a lot. Dan Jackson gets in this game. They've got some depth back there in that secondary, and that feels nice, man. I think that that's a good situation for Georgia to be in moving forward into this season. You know that the back end of this is pretty well handled. Um, You saw it played out in the snap count. Those guys got the brunt of it, and I think that that's really, really good news. Also, stock up on C.J. Allen. Um, pro football focus had him with the most snaps of any inside linebacker, I believe on the team, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, outpaced Jamon Dumas Johnson, uh, Zayden Sori didn't get as many. I don't know that I had that on the bingo card. I know he's a, a young guy. He was getting some later in the game as well, but, uh, for him to get the most at that spot with the depth that they have, they're really telling about what they feel about CJ Allen. Thought that was pretty cool to see. So uh, Georgia may have another one on its hands uh, when it comes to that inside linebacker room. Yeah, I needed a program watching the game last night to see all these guys coming in, but especially him. I was like, who's 33 out there? And he was uh, busting heads early on. So great to see. All right, Ro, what you got? All right, I got – I'll start with – since I can see myself, very little affirmation. Stock up on me. I feel good right now. I'm feeling good. We got a lot of content done today feeling good about Dogs HQ, feeling good about myself uh, for once. So uh, stock up on me. Stock up on, this, <laughs> stock up on this game over here. It's pretty interesting. I, really, I don't have a whole lot of stocks. I, I, I'm, I'm in such wait-and-see mode. I think all the stocks that I own right now, I just kind of want to hold on to them. I don't want to buy any. I don't want to sell any. Um, the, the one thing I will say stock up on, though, is um, the steadiness of Georgia special teams. Because – I watched the Tennessee game yesterday and I watched some other games and there was just some, some wonkiness that comes with game one special teams because it's hard to practice them live. 
it's hard to you know block live. Listen, man, they set Mal- they set Makai Muse up for a couple nice little returns and got him something going. Now, some of that was because you know Thunderfoot was just you know booming him deep and and you know kind of out kicking his coverage a little bit. But Makai Muse, you know, kind of got some stuff going in return game. Peyton Woodring did a phenomenal job, you know, in, in his first action as a kicker. Um, you know, kudos to him for winning that job. And then uh, you know the, the the coverage units also fantastic. I know it's an FCS opponent, but they did a good job. Another stock up, Dalen Everett. Okay, this guy, folks. When I tell y'all that in the second scrimmage, he got like one series of third down. I think it was four plays, uh, or not, I'm sorry, one series of red zone. I think it was four plays with the number ones. That was it in the second scrimmage. That's when you kind of kind of you know find your depth chart. Um, the, the very next Saturday, Georgia does a dress rehearsal. Julian Humphreys is with the one, according to everything that I've heard. And then Kirby Smart said it on Monday. Guys, we got a whole week of live reps in practice. You know, these guys are going to get a chance to compete for this job. Who's out there starting in game one? Dalen Everett. Stock up for that dude, man. Way to keep battling throughout camp and, and to earn your start. He's going to have to do it again this week and the next week and the next week because Julian Humphreys is not going to go away. Nylon Green's not going to go away. A.J. Harris is not going to go away. Um, but but still, you know, getting that start for game one of this season, kind of making a little bit of a comeback to do it, you deserve some props. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate y'all joining us, getting us to 10,000 subscribers this weekend, right in time for the season. That was awesome news to wake up to and a lot of other great news over at dogshq.com. As you saw, it's been a fire hose of information on the team side, on the recruiting side. Y'all go check it out. Appreciate y'all tuning in this evening. We'll catch you back here, Bark After Dark, tomorrow night. Y'all doing it on, on the holiday? Oh, yeah. We're going no to get it. Better never rest, and Bark After Dark doesn't either. Good, we have Matt game. Godwin. Yeah, I was going to say. Matt Godwin's coming on to talk the opener, uh, former Georgia director of player personnel, third appearance here on this channel. And by the way, I want to point out something, guys. We have picked up, we have picked up 55 new subscribers over at Dawes HQ today. It has been a large, large day for us. So we're really, really, proud, really proud of that. Love that. Stock up on us. Uh, Georgia Show back again Wednesday at 8.30. Thank you all. We'll see you next time.